My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. It's funny to me how the readings open from the book of the prophet Joel. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Zion, sound the alarm on God's holy mountain. And this was the beginning of a a very popular song when I was growing up. And it never dawned on me. And I don't know if it dawned on a lot of people who sang it all the time in church. That that call to blow the trumpet in Zion, to sound the alarm on God's holy mountain. I don't think we ever dealt with the fact that the whole context is alarm, not celebration. The context of that, of, of those passages of scripture that, that became the lyrics to that song were blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm, because judgment is coming. And of course, we, the alarm should be sounded. And that's the context that underlies the Old Testament reading from Joel. This Lent is shaping up to be similar yet different than last year. And last year, our actual final in-person service, our last actual Holy Communion service was last Ash Wednesday. And at the time, we were kind of flying by the seat of our, our, our pants until Steve was able to make all of our technical equipment work in a way that made sense for us and uh, a way that, that was beneficial to us. And uh, I'm not going to hold us long tonight with a, a super long sermon. So in lieu of that, I'm going to just offer some short reflections on uh, the readings we just heard. I'm just going to reread Joel 2, 12 to 13. Return to the Lord, yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, fasting, with weeping, with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. The first thing, I'm going to start a little bit at the end here. The prophet Joel, he said that we should rend our hearts and not our garments. And this should make us think, of course, brothers and sisters, of what we just heard read from the Holy Gospel, Jesus' words to us that when we fast, do not do it as the hypocrites. If I were to stand here before you and I were to tear, I were to tear my, my preaching robe, my, my soul, it would be an obvious sign, right? And in, in their culture, in that context, that was a visible sign to let everyone know that you were in mourning. And people would dishevel their faces to make it look like they were fasting. And we have modern uh, things that are analogous to this, right? You know, the, 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 the Ash Wednesday Instagram selfies. You know, as soon as the minister makes a sign of the cross with the ashes on your forehead, of course, you've got to go outside and get the selfie and post, you know, Ash tag or something for your Instagram post. But the Lord says, rend your hearts and not your garments. If we're posting selfies of an ash tag, 
but your heart is not broken because of your sin, then there's something deeply wrong. One of the great traps we fall into, I think, brothers and sisters, is because of the language of, I preached on this last week, moralistic therapeutic deism, because of this language of, of therapy, we fall into this trap where we don't take seriously the depth of human sinfulness. We don't take it seriously, and we don't take seriously the holiness of God. The holiness of God. And how sin cannot live in the presence of Almighty God. But God doesn't just leave sin alone. He doesn't leave humanity alone, dead in our sins. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has become incarnate for our salvation. He's crucified, died, and resurrected, and ascended. I think one of the other great traps we fall into is seeing the day-to-day, the week-to-week, and the month-to-month, and the year-to-year cycle of church services as a duty, or it's just something we do by rote, or something we do to satisfy an internal sense of needing to do something quasi-spiritualish. And I think that's a, a major trap. Because we fall into often, because of sin, these patterns of, this is so boring. We're here again. But we forget why seasons like Lent exist in the first place. The season of Lent, it it cuts through all of the noise of our external and internal lives. And it directs us to turn our hearts to God but also as we turn our hearts to God, to turn our hearts inward as we look at and we examine ourselves. As the psalmist says, try my heart, O God. See if there is anything wicked in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But we are also to turn not just our hearts, but our bodies to God as well. And this is something we are definitely not comfortable with because belief, our commitment to Jesus Christ and who he is, who he says he is and what he's done for our salvation, our belief in Jesus is seen primarily as an inner disposition, something that nebulously exists in our minds that has no real effect on what we do with our bodies. This, of course, is not Christian. And I'm probably stretching, but I would, I, would, I would say that that maybe is Gnostic. And Gnosticism, of course, is the, the ancient philosophy where the body was denigrated. It was what really mattered was the, the, the spirit inside of you because the body is, is, is wicked and, and evil. And the, the pure spirit within is all that matters. And it needs to be freed. But our bodies matter. And, it, and I think because we're so worried, not you, in general, okay, brothers and sisters, not you watching, in general, because we're Protestants, we are afraid of anything that even t- looks like it could be potentially Roman Catholic, right? We suffer from Romophobia. And so because we suffer from Romophobia, We've neglected the important idea that our worship is something embodied. 
That our belief isn't just expressed by our lips. Our belief in Jesus Christ is not some nebulous thing that happens in our mind. But how that belief in Jesus Christ animates our body, animates our every decision. That our bodies are just as much as a vehicle for worship as our mouths. And we've forgotten that. We've forgotten that. And we see in the Old Testament the worship of God, not just what is said, but with the body. Which leads us to fasting and prayer and ascetical practices of the church. And Joel's prophecy gives the Jewish and the Christian method fasting, weeping, and mourning. That's in verse, uh, in, in verse 12 of Joel 2. Fasting, <laughs> weeping, and mourning. We don't want to hear anything about fasting. We don't want to hear anything about weeping. And we don't want to hear anything about mourning. Me, personally, I hate to fast because I love to eat. I hate to fast, but I do it. Weeping, mourning, we don't like, we don't like these things because they're too negative. And in a culture that's drunk on positivity, in a culture that's, that's high on not saying anything negative, these things grate against us. Because I can't, you'll see it all over the place, right? I'm getting rid of all the negative people in my life. If you have something to say to me that's not positive, well, I'm just not going to listen to you. You're just a hater. Be gone, haters. I don't have to listen to you. Well, what if what the hater said was right? What if you were wrong? What if you were a jerk face, right? What if you did do something really bad? What if what you believe isn't true? Well, you're just too negative. We don't like that negativity. I once read of, of a massive, massive church where the worship team was instructed to never play any hymn or never play any song in a minor key because stuff that's played, songs that are played in a minor key tend to be a little bit more on the sad side. So we can't play the minor keys and sing in the minor keys. We have to stick with the majors because we don't want to bum anybody out or, heaven forbid, anyone becomes sad. But the church calendar gives us Lent, which drums a nuclear bomb on all of that. We should feel sad. We should mourn. We should fast. And our, our pursuit of not feeling sad, our pursuit of not having to mourn anything, short-circuits the work of God in our, in our hearts, which is why we need Lent. We need Lent. We should feel sad because of our sins. We should feel sad for the sins of our country. We should feel sad for the sins of our family. We should feel sad for the injustices we see around us. We should be sad for the sins of humanity. We should mourn for our sins. And we should fast. Joel says, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. 
And that's what Lent is all about, is us returning to the Lord. And so I say, those of you that are calloused and resistant to the Holy Spirit, repent and return to the Lord. Those of you that are smug in your spiritual self-righteousness, repent and return to the Lord. Those of you who live as if the faith you profess has no bearing on how you live your life and the decisions you make, repent and return to the Lord. Those of you who worship with your lips but whose hearts are far from God, repent and turn to the Lord. Those of you who trust in your own morality, your own innate sense of goodness, or your own innate sense of rightness or righteousness, instead of the righteousness given as a gift by Jesus Christ, repent and return to the Lord. Those of you who place your trust in political figures and causes, in wokeness and QAnon, instead of Jesus Christ, repent and return to the Lord. Those of you who judge your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, repent and turn to the Lord. Those of you who don't think you have anything to be sorrowful or to mourn, repent and return to the Lord. And those of us who call people to repentance, May we repent and return to the Lord. No one gets away with it. We all need to repent and return to the Lord because he is good. Because he is love. Joel says he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. We have completely, completely done away with the idea that we will never have to experience any type of judgment because that goes against everything our culture tells us, but we will all be judged. We confess it in all of our creeds. In the Apostles' Creed, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. We even confess it in the Nicene Creed. How about we judge ourselves right now? How about we judge ourselves in this season? How about we take the opportunity the church extends to us every year to focus, to up our game, as it were, maybe on your spiritual disciplines? And I'm not giving you a checklist of stuff that you have to do in order to be super special and holy. That's between you and God. But repentance isn't just saying Sorry, God, I really messed up. That's part of it. And then you go and you do the same thing that you just repented of in the first place. To repent is to turn around. It's to acknowledge what we've done, to confess it to the Lord and to one another, and then to go in a different direction. All of us, all of us, We need to repent and return to the Lord. May we not neglect that this year. May this Lent be one that God uses to shape us as he transfigures us more and more into the image of his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom is due all glory together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. 
If you have a few minutes, I'd like to ask you to go to GoFundMe.com slash Zionstone Church Repair Fund. Our bell tower is in need of some major renovation and repairs, and we can use whatever help you're able to give to us. If you'd like to find out more about us, check us out on our Facebook page, Zionstone UCC, or on our website, ZionstoneUCC.com. Thanks again for listening. I pray that these sermons will continue to strengthen you in your walk with Jesus Christ, and may the blessings of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you.